Emily Carter. And I'm Trina Party, and you're listening to Queer and Pop Culture, the podcast where we have a look at all things queer culture. Speaking of queer pop culture, our pop culture topic today is actually the Netflix series Sex Education. Now, I know we cover a lot of pop culture, that is film or TV shows, but we just absolutely love to look at queer presence in these forms of media. I mean, we just can't help ourselves. I'm going to go ahead and admit that this is honestly one of my absolute favorite Netflix series. Now that that's out of the way, this show is most definitely not your typical high school drama series. I mean, you most definitely have a point there. I personally think that the title helps speak for itself on that one. I also really love the show for that exact reason. If you haven't seen it already, the main character of the show, Otis, his mom is a sex therapist. And now Otis decides to use his insider knowledge and to set up a sex clinic, more or less, for the students of the school with Maeve for money. Uh, the show follows the lives and experiences of the other students of the high school as well. Yeah, let's move on to something really important that I actually really want to talk about is the diversity of the characters. There are over 15 members of the LGBTQIA community in the show. The representation of the community is most definitely present here. It also isn't just the representation, but also the diversity of it. You make a very good point. Uh, there isn't just some gay, white, preppy dude prancing around. I mean, contrary to the majority of films, where inclusion of the community means a gay, white man, usually portraying the same, and I quote, gay best friend ideal, sex education goes way beyond that. I mean, the main character's best friend is a Nigerian who comes from an African Christian household. Now, granted, he is a stereotypical feminine, well-dressed character. Uh, he isn't. He gets his whole story fleshed out and isn't just an accessory to some white chick. Then there are his several love interests that are shown throughout the series. One of them is the headmaster's son. He's a white manly. Another one of them is Raheem, a French artist masculine presenting male. His other one was a man he met in Nigeria while on a trip visiting his family. Oh yeah, but while we're speaking about Headmaster's son, Adam, he even goes to a military institution in like season two, and he catches these two guys while he's there having, as I would say, homosexual interactions. And that also actually reminds me of that lesbian couple from season one. Yeah, Tanya and Ruth. Man, I remember them. They were the lesbian having relationship problems, one of the first people to go to Otis's clinic. One of them was super enthusiastic about sex, while the other one was not enjoying it at all. They went to Otis and he helped them figure out that they got just got together because they were close friends and came out around the same time. I don't know about you guys, but I've had that one happen to myself. So it hits a little too close to home, honestly. Um, another chick I just thought about is Lily. You know that nerdy bi chick that writes the space hentai? Um, she ends up dating Ala, which um, Ala is a, from African descent. She's also pansexual. Um, Ala places a lot of importance on the visibility for her place in the community and who she is. Another actually super notable character I just thought about is Cal. Oh, yes, Cal. I absolutely loved Cal. This story really spoke to me because Cal was a super bold character. Now, Cal is non-binary, black, an artistic character. 
Something that is super important about Cal's story is their interactions with Jackson. There, these interactions show that what it's like as an unknowing person navigating those types of interactions and respecting boundaries of non-binary individuals. Yes, that whole story progression with them two like really stood out to me. Like for them to show how that is like really speaks volumes. And another scene involving Cal was with another non-binary character named Layla where Cal gives Layla a binder because they noticed they were binding with ace bandages and Cal knew that that was unsafe. I'm actually going to go ahead and play that scene for everyone. I did it for a while with ace bandages until I nearly broke a rib. I didn't realize that they tighten over time so they can restrict breathing. How are you doing, Layla? I'm, I'm good. Wow. You're glowing. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. All right. So that binder is designed for safer chest compression. You might be tempted to wear two binders or wear a size smaller, but you shouldn't. Yeah. How does it feel? <laughs> it feels so much better. Yeah. Yeah. So proud of you. As a non-binary individual myself, that scene really spoke to me. It was also super just empowering to see other people like me presenting in this show. Another thing is that I was really surprised that that scene was even shown in this show. It made me smile. And going back to Jackson, though, you forgot to mention that his parents were lesbians. That representation of gay parents is also something notable. Oh yeah, I can't believe I forgot that. Now, like, that kind of brings me to my next point that I wanted to touch on is how queer representation is so important in media. You know how I mentioned earlier how we look at a lot of queer film and TV shows? We do because representation of the queer community in film is something that has such a value. The artists and filmmakers most definitely influence the general public and eventually, in turn, change culture. I mean, you would not really think about the impact that this has, given it has an impact on society's view of the community through their portrayal of characters and representation types of people, groups, as well as offering them exposure and representation. There isn't really much visibility of the community and media, and when it is there, it really counts. I honestly could not have put it better. Actually, there's an example of how important this is in the show. So, Anwar, one of the gay men from the series, he's allergic to a certain type of condoms. Granted, he doesn't know that just yet. He thinks the issues that he is having because of this are gonna make him die and has probably AIDS. Anwar explains to the clinic person that the main reason he wears condoms is because he's scared. He's scared that he's gonna get AIDS because every movie he has ever seen, the gay characters always die of AIDS by the end. This is one part of why representation in the media is so important. Specifically proper representation and not what Anwar uh, speaks of. It helps to let younger members of the community know that they are okay and that they are valid. This is so important because queer practices resist normativity. 
I'm going to piggyback off of what you were just saying, because I think you make a pretty good point. So basically, normativity is like what society deems acceptable and normal. Now, both of us have the pleasure of being from the South. Christianity is most definitely the dominant religion here. And most Christians do not accept the queer community. You're considered a deviant if you're gay. Honestly, there are even a decent amount of people who aren't religious that don't deem the community acceptable because, and I quote, it just ain't right, normal, or natural. Gotta love that Bible Belt. Uh, to go into this a bit more, you are not normal if you are gay. However, you are normal if you are straight. I guess a better way to explain that is through the concept of heteronormativity. Straight is a default, more or less, or the expected norm. Like, for example, the fact that, quote, coming out is even a thing, if straight was not the automatic default, all queer people would not have to be expected to do this whole coming out thing. Yeah, the concept of coming out actually brings me to the topic of culture. Queer mainstream culture and values do have some differences from mainstream culture. I'd personally say queer culture would even be considered more of a subculture. I mean, yeah, you can't even look at the fact that there's a straight TikTok and a gay TikTok. The content it was pretty different from each one. I mean, they don't really share the same trends or sounds. That's a really good example. I've actually seen a couple videos of two people seeing if they knew the sounds from each other's side of TikTok. I mean, granted, it's going to be someone who's of the gay community and someone who's straight. They actually usually don't know much of the other person's side of TikTok or even the popular sounds at all. Back on culture, though. Queer culture also just kind of says, screw mainstream culture, gender norms, and expectations. It kind of just really goes against it. And for some reason, it seems to not fly too well with the majority, especially around here. You are most definitely right there. Even more so as far as around here. Regardless, I think we've talked enough of, with you guys too. The takeaway of this episode is that queer representation in the media is very important for many different reasons. The Netflix show of sex education happens to do an extremely well job of that. Well, thank you, Trina. And as always, guys, we're queer and we're here every Thursday. Tune in next time and we're going to be unpacking Bo Rats and Famous Fight Teams. See you then. Thank you.